are still waiting to appear in court. Good morning. You are tuned to KBOO Portland. Coming up on the Boo at 1130, the radio zine continues to commemorate the birthday of James Baldwin with his 1965 debate with William F. Buckley at Cambridge University. KBOO programming is made possible by KBOO listener members and support from Cotton Cloud Natural Beds and Furniture. Women-owned since 1981, providing sustainable wood furniture, locally handcrafted futons, latex mattresses, and more using organic and natural materials. The Cotton Cloud Showroom is located at 701 Northeast Broadway in Portland, online at cottoncloudfutons.com. And now, stay tuned for Health Watch with Ellen Goldsmith. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available by calling the station at 503-231-8032. Meetings will be held at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. The Personnel Committee will meet on the second Monday of each month at 6 p.m. The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their health care practitioner before attempting any treatment. Hello and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, a licensed acupuncturist, your host the second Monday of every month. Today, I'm speaking with Christine Dimmick, founder and CEO of The Good Home Company and author of Detox Your Home. She is a public advocate for health and wellness. In her book, Detox Your Home, she takes a deep dive into the toxins found in our own homes and how one can limit exposure and take control of one's health. Detox Your Home addresses these issues, from clothing to food to the cleaning products used every day in homes just like yours. Dimmick unveils what manufacturers won't so you can avoid exposing yourself and your family to the hidden toxins eating away at America's health. Christine Dimmick pioneered the movement to combine natural ingredients and true-to-life scents in cleaning products over 20 years ago in her New York City kitchen. She is a regular guest speaker at Canyon Ranch Lennox and frequently hosts wellness events in her mission to bring health and wellness to all. Christine Demick, welcome to Health Watch. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you for that in- incredible introduction. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So you created this company over 20 years ago uh, with non-toxic home and personal cleaning products. What prompted you to write this book? Well, about uh, three and a half years ago, we were, I was, you know, running the company. Things were, you know, g- going as usual. I was working on spreadsheets, and then I got a call, and I got a call from my doctor letting me know that I had breast cancer. And um, it was definitely a wake-up call. I don't think anyone is, uh, uh, I think everyone's always surprised when they get that call. And uh, I, it, it really was an awakening for me. Uh, I thought I lived a pretty healthy lifestyle. And I was, uh, you know, 
kind of shocked to find out that, you know, I had this diagnosis. I also had two friends who passed away in their 40s. I have a husband who's had cancer. I have a mother who's had cancer. And um, one of my best friend's husbands in his 40s had colon cancer, stage four. And I thought, wow, what is going on? You know, this is, I'm, I'm far too young to be hearing about all of this and for this to be, uh, you know, just in, in my uh, uh, general area. And what I found was that we are exposed to so many toxic chemicals on a daily basis. Um, and I wanted to put it in words. I wanted to, to share with everyone. So this book really talks about the, the sphere of influence that we can change. Correct. It, it, it talks about what we can change, and there's also stuff that we, you know, that we can't change. But uh, I think the first step is awareness, and once you're aware of it, then you could stop buying it, and you could stop supporting it, and then perhaps we can get our manufacturers and our government to regulate it. So what are, um, you talk in the book about um, the, the labeling issues and, yeah. and also yeah. the testing issues for products. Mm-hmm. And could you talk just a little bit and let our listeners know just kind of what that process is? Sure. Well, first of all, I've been, I've been in the cleaning products industry for over 20 years now. And cleaning products do not require that you put any, uh, any of the ingredients on, on the bottles. So many of the natural companies that you buy will do that. We've always fully disclosed our ingredients since our inception. But, you know, the, the majority of the manufacturers don't put anything on it, and they don't have to. And I think that's the first warning sign. So if you, if you do go and you're looking to buy a cleaning product, if the ingredients are not listed, don't buy it. There's a reason for it. Uh, it's probably because they're not so good. And the second thing is, is that most of us think that everything that we go on, we look at on the shelves in the drugstore in our major, you know, CVS, um, here it's Dwayne Reed. You know, you, you, you go in and you think because it's on the shelf, it's going to be safe. When in fact, um, that's not the case at all. The ingredients on their own were regulated by the EPA, so they were looked at. But the combination of the formula, so the shampoo, may have six ingredients that the EPA looked at, but in its own formula, that formula wasn't looked at. So I could put anything in a bottle and put it on the shelf tomorrow if I wanted to. Now, most people don't do that because they wouldn't want the lawsuits, but the fact is is that it's not tested. So when you say, like, um, cleaning supplies, we all clean our yeah. homes, and, and, you know, sometimes people want to buy the cheapest products. And right. those those ingredients are not listed. What potentially could be in there that could cause us harm, and how? Well, the first thing is is that most most of these uh, you know chemicals and and ingredients have a high VOC content. What that is, that's a volatile organic compound. That's a scientific term for the particles released in the air, and you know it, you and I know it as the, the smell, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're using something like bleach or something, you know, a really strong product and says open up all the windows, it has a high VOC content. That's really harmful for your lungs. It's harmful, it's, you know, it, 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 it's going into your, your nervous system. Um, it messes with your endocrine system. So you want to stay away from that. Other things could be much worse. There's a, a preservative called urea, and urea is a known um, uh, carcinogen. It's a cancer-causing preservative. It is still in products. You don't know the amount that they're using, um, and, and you have no way, there's no way of knowing that unless you test it yourself. So uh, in urea, for instance, what, what type of products uh, does, usually carries urea? Uh, mostly in beauty products, actually. Whoa, so stuff and we're overseas. putting on our... So you're saying, like, yeah. 
uh, cosmetics, nail polish, sure. shampoo, face cream, soaps. Sure, it's a it's a it's a it's a cheap preservative. It's it's used. It's a biocide, and it can be um, found in any of those products. Generally, you'll find it in the cheaper ones. So, what is a biocide? It's the same thing as a as a uh, preservative. It kills the germs. Okay. So, so it, 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 yeah, it's a, it's another term for a preservative. But it, it th- so when you put a preservative in a product, mm-hmm. there's um, certain things. Will it kill this bacteria? Um, will it kill mold? Will it do this? Because a lot of things can grow in within the product. You actually do need a preservative unless you're using the product within two weeks, mm-hmm. or if you're going to refrigerate it, right? So they they do uh, they. They help us, but unfortunately, and which I mentioned in the book at this point, we really need better preservatives. We need our scientists to come up with this that aren't harmful because most of them are harmful to our endocrine system, which controls our entire nervous system. This is why you may gain weight. Uh, this is why young uh, women can develop earlier. Um, you know, it, it controls our, our fertility, many things, many things. And parabens, which is a common one, you probably heard of methylparaben, and you see this on the bottles, you know, no parabens used. Well, it, it's shown to be an actual, it, it's a true endocrine disruptor, and that's why people are avoiding it. So these endocrine disruptors, like you said, can influence um, hormonal uh, um, swings or development or... Yes or yes. can hasten it actually in um, women or, or men as well. And we do. Yes. Not- yeah. Not, not can, but they do. They, they do. do. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And um, many of the, many of the products we use, even the air we breathe has this in it. Um, the BPAs. So, you know, the BPAs that were in the bottles and there's a, when my son's 11 now, but um, when he, he was first born, you know, we made a real effort to get glass bottles and no plastic and come to find out after writing this book, you know, that BPAs are in everything. Thing. It's, you know, our food, everything our, is packaged in plastic, right? Mm-hmm. It, you pick up your oranges and you put it in a plastic bag. Uh, if not, you're getting your, your frozen vegetables in it. Every, everything is in plastic, and we are exposed to it. There, there's just no way of, of uh, fighting it. You know, we have to we have to get them to change it. Right. So we ha- that's a, that's work we can do on the outside. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, like in 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 reading your book and looking, at, you know, at all all of the categories. You know, you you go through all the categories from uh, food and water to pantry and kitchen to cleaners yeah. and uh, wardrobes and electronic cell phones toys. You know, it's everywhere. Yeah. So. Um, it can be a little overwhelming, like, like you said. So what, if we're going to the store, let's go back to these cleaning right. supplies and beauty supplies that we use every day. What are the top four chemicals that a person should look for in personal body and beauty products or cleaning products that you think, that you know are, are, are not beneficial to our health? Well, I think, I mean, that is such a wide range, and it really, mm-hmm. when, it, when you... When you say that, right, I, I, I understand um, to narrow it down and something like urea clearly is a preservative that you don't want to use. Anything with a paraben in it, a methylparaben, um, if it ends in a, you know, arabin, don't, don't use that preservative. But there's other preservatives now that are newer, they're greener. It's a preservative I use in my own products, but it can cause some people serious um, skin reactions. Now, unfortunately, I have to preserve the product. Like I, the, the de- laundry detergent that I use that we create has a lot of water in it. And if I don't, it could, it could grow some very harmful bacteria, which is also going to be harmful to you. So 
um, I think in looking at that, I'm very careful with preservatives, but what I really urge people to do is for their skin care, for their hair care, that you want to use ingredients that you recognize on the bottle, and it is possible. And I I list uh, many resources in the book that you can go to, that people that I know who I've interviewed, who I've met with, who I've vetted their products, um, I'm not trying to sell them by any, by any stretch, but there, there are th- products out there that, um, you, for instance, you can buy a shampoo that isn't um, filled with petroleum products. Now, those may not necessarily be bad for you, but it's certainly bad for the environment, and we're encouraging the, the production of, of more oil. But the 80% of shampoos out there, they are the chemicals are derived from petroleum. Mm-hmm. So there's also some things that like phthalates and lauryl sulfates are, are yeah. those harmful for people? Well, the phthalates, the, the phthalates are absolutely harmful, but you're not going to find that on the label. Those, that's an ingredient that doesn't have to be disclosed because it's an ingredient that is put inside of an ingredient. Mm. Most commonly, it's put into fragrance, and fragrance. So people. Um, uh, you know, it's, you know, ban all fragrances. Well, that's not necessarily the truth. I think, you know, that, uh, and, and by the way, many of the green products that you buy out there that say that they're essential oils aren't. They are fragrances. And I, I can tell that because I'm in the business, but the, the consumer isn't going to know and it's not regulated. But phthalates are, a, they can be used for anything. They're in a very expensive, high-end $200 face creams to cheap shampoos with cheap fragrance in it. And what they do is they, uh, it's like a paint thinner. So say you had a gallon of paint and you're at the very bottom, but you still needed to, you know, paint a patch of the wall. You would put a little bit paint thinner in there, thin it out, and then you could get the rest, you know, and you'd have enough. You could stretch it out. That's what phthalates do for fragrances. Mm. Um, And then they also make it uh, um, the consistency of a face cream um, smoother. So there, it's an added ingredient that is never, ever listed on the bottle. Uh, you need to look for, if you want something that's phthalate-free, look for uh, products that state that they are phthalate-free. Um, parabens, which we covered, and then sulfates. Sulfates are, are generally found in uh, your, your uh, harsh detergents and such. And do you remember the scare when everyone was talking about don't use sodium lauryl sulfate? Yes. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so sodium lauryl it's actually derived, it's, I, it's like Velveeta cheese, so you could say it's derived from milk, right? Mm-hmm. It started there, right? But it, got, it really got processed, okay? But it does front, come from coconuts. But there's a process called ethoxylation, and when, they, when the ingredients go through this, it can cause a runoff of dioxin. Dioxin is a known carcinogen, okay? So the dioxin actually is with sodium laureth sulfate. So when this came out, everyone said, don't use sodium laurel sulfate. And then everyone switched to laureth, and laureth is the one that actually has the dioxane in it. Um, we are, the government monitors it, so we can have like 30 parts per million in our uh, detergents, that, you know, in the, in the formulation. They allow a certain amount of runoff, which, you know, you have no way of knowing. Someone took uh, a bottle of Tide, a consumer group in California, and they tested it, and it was way above the legal limits. So Tide actually had to go and reformulate that, which is a great thing. Um, But we wouldn't know that. And I believe uh, you had mentioned there's an article that came out. Yes. Is that right? On on asbestos? Well, I I just, uh, I was, um, I had 
written to you prior, and yeah. and there there had been an article in the New York Times which cited a report by the United States Public Interest Research Group Education Fund, and it had an independent laboratory, not a government yep. laboratory, test 27 back-to-school products, because we're all getting ready, our kids, to get back to school, yep. and four of them tested positive for dangerous chemicals, and what was found were toxic substances in a number of school supplies, including, and this has been in the news as well, um, through the EPA and reversing, changing rules yeah. around asbestos, is there was asbestos found in a play school crayon and another carcinogen, benzene, in a dry erase marker. Okay, well, this wasn't like all markers and all crayons. These were, you know, randomly chosen products. And, um, you know, the uh, and this uh, group said, that, you know, the interesting thing they stated is we wish we didn't have to do a study like this. But the reality is that corporations from manufacturers, distributors, and real retailers aren't doing this for us. No, they're not doing it at all. So, and, and yeah, so and that, that's a hard pill to swallow. But I, I think the, you know, part of the reason for writing this book was for people to understand. You know, when they say "wake up," it's like you, you know, you, you thought this, and like you kind of suspected that it wasn't being looked at. But I'm, I'm confirming that with you it's not you, you we need to be policing this we need to have higher regulations it's very important the epa wasn't good to begin with now it's just i, I don't even know what to, how to describe it um the fact that asbestos is being reversed is is criminal um but it's also um not shocking if you do the research to find out that our you know the the president of the united states supports asbestos companies in Russia. So you can make those ties, and I'm not going to get political on it, but it's extremely important right now to, to look, look at your products, to, to use the purest that you can as possible, and to really push the people in control to regulate the companies. They need to be regulated. I mean, it, it takes, uh, unfortunately, it takes a tragedy or, you know, really yeah. serious issues to bring this to light. In your book, you cite a, an example of the use of talcum powder um, yeah. and the relationship uh, because of the asbestos that was in talcum powder. And could you just talk a little bit about that story? Sure. So that case came up against Johnson & Johnson, and the family uh, of the deceased uh, won the case, um, multi-million dollar lawsuit. Um, but that the the talcum powder that, you know, my grandmother used that I remember as a young child, we used to, you know, you know, throw it in the air and pretend it was clouds and all sorts of things, um, uh, it was shown to, to cause her cancer, her ovarian cancer. And, you know, as many women would use it, you, as you were taught, you know, you put it in your shoes, you put it in your underwear, you put it under your armpits, you, you know, it's fresh and clean. Um, and what happens with talc is that talc and asbestos, um, the lines, the veins, of the, they're natural substances, and when they're mined, the, the veins often cross, and it's supposed to be checked, but oftentimes, as we found out, you know, even today, right, that the, the crayons have it in it, um, that it's not. And so the woman was using talc and, and got ovarian cancer. And that's not the only case. There's many lawsuits right now lined up for that. Um, with that, um, you should use if you are if you do want a powder, use cornstarch. Just buy cornstarch in the in the baking section. So there was no. I mean, I, I'm not even aware of this. Has talcum powder, powder been taken off the shelf, or is it still available? Do people still use it, or what you happened? Can, well, so there's there's now cornstarch formulas, but you could still find talc formulas. There's talc in makeup, mm. tons, all makeup. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I I use. Uh, 
I don't use any makeup anymore, but um, I, I, if, when I did, uh, before I made that change, there's rice powder, which is mm. what I recommend using. Yeah. yeah, that's an Asian formula, I think, uh, in Asi- Asian. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, rice powder, pearl cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, some natural companies now um, uh, use it in their in their bases and stuff. So, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, issues for people who are, buy products, mm-hmm. of course, is financial. Um, mm-hmm. And we yeah. know that uh, products that are higher quality, meaning they're not using all this toxic stuff, can be more expensive. Right. Um, can you just kind of direct people? I mean, there are ways to yeah. people make their own cleaners. Um, yep. Can you just talk about some kind of DIY things people might be able to do? Or if, you know, like there's the Dirty Dozen in, in foods and the Clean 15 in foods. There are ways to kind of uh, pick and choose, you know, where do you spend the money? You know, where is it most important? And, and where can you kind of... Um, budget or you know kind of sure and you want me to be specific with uh, beauty products yeah a, a little well i think yeah. cleaning and beauty products you could let's sure. let's let's start with cleaning because everybody cleans not everyone sure, wears sure. makeup <laughs> so here's the funny thing so i i grew up i'm a child of the 70s um and uh definitely had a hippie mom and i i think that the 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 funny part is that It's been done a long time. People have been, and and even before the 70s, uh, many of the recipes I started a good home on came from my grandmother. My grandmother uh, used to wash her hair in the rainwater. That's what she was taught. She grew up in the the mountains. And, um, you know, fresh water, like, you know, faucet water wasn't always available. So a lot of the stuff that's good for us is also incredibly inexpensive and is the best way, you know, turns out was always the best way to go. Uh, the first thing that I keep is coconut oil, now, and many of this stuff can be used on your body and in your home. Coconut oil makes a wonderful furniture polish. So if you have a cutting board and you need to, you know, I, I hate this, that people will say, you know, put mineral oil. Well, mineral oil is, again, a 100% petroleum product. I would never put it. It's like putting, you know, I, even though it's cleaned out, I wouldn't put that on my cutting board. I use coconut oil. It's beautiful. It's also a great hair conditioner, and it's great on your body. You could put a couple of drops of essential oil, and that's really all you need. I rub it on my body, and that, that's the body cream that I use. Uh, the second thing is Castile Soap. So we all know Dr. Bronner's, which is a wonderful brand, and they've been, you know, preaching this for a long time about going natural. And Castile Soap is made the old-fashioned way. It's, it's vegetable. It's, it's um, usually, I think he uses uh, olive oil, that company. Mm-hmm. Um, an olive oil base, um, and it's the old-fashioned way of making soap. This can be added to anything uh, 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 to clean. So you could use it with a little bit of baking soda and use that to scrub, like really scrub your sink and get out, you know, the stains or use it in the bathroom. Um, you can also add it to some water and vinegar and make your own spray, and that's going to be used on your windows, on your countertops. You can use it around your baby, on their, um, you know, their high chairs. Um, I, I, I cringe and think about how people are like, oh, I got to clean it, and you know, and they use bleach on their child because it's going to disinfect the germs, and then you put the food on there, and then the baby's putting it in their mouths. Um, it's terrible. So Castile soap, vinegar, water, baking soda, and coconut oil. The, that's what I keep in my pantry, and that's what I use. I have my own cleaning products, and I do use those for, for um, a deeper clean, but I also make a, a, a vinegar and water and Castile soap solution that I use. And essential oils, if you're concerned about bacteria and if you need to get rid of germs, there are several essential oils out there that you could add that are going to do the same job. 
and you don't need to use Clorox. And what about for, um, like, shampoo and uh, face cream? And, and are there any kind of DIY things people can do, you know, inexpensive things people can do? Sure. Well, I think um, there's a lot of companies out right now are, that are creating bar soaps that you can use on your hair. I create one. I know Lush creates one. Um, a, a few people, some indie stores. They're glycerin-based soaps. Um, we use one that's high. Ours is all olive oil-based. And that you can use on your hand washing, you can use on your body, you can use on your hair, you can use on your baby. It's for the whole family. Um, again, it's an old-fashioned um, olive oil or Castile bar soap that you want to use. The Dr. Bronner's the liquid is um, the reason that doesn't need to have a preservative in it is, is because it has a very high pH, and the high pH could also cause a little bit of stinging. So I don't use that in my hair. It's a little too harsh for me. Mm-hmm. I use the bar soaps. So the bar soaps are great. Um, you could go on the Internet and you could look like make a shampoo bar soap and it'll, it's fun and it, it could, you know, it'll last you a long time. And for conditioner, I use shea butter. Oh, wow. Just to throw that out. Yeah, I, you know, I put a little bit of that in there and, and mix it up or coconut oil and rinse it out. I have very short hair, so I'm able to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's a benefit there. Let's, yeah. t- let's talk about... Um, where we spend a lot of time, and that's in our bed. Um, uh-huh. Mattresses, pillows, bedding, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what kind of research did you um, see on, you know, and that's uh, on the effect that that has on us? Well, so I, I looked at, there was a, a woman, a doctor by the name of Arlene Bloom. Mm-hmm. I believe she's at Stanford still in, in California. Um, and she was, a, she was a climber. She was a rock climber. And uh, she, uh, back in the 70s, was also a research scientist and was looking at um, the, the ingredients that they were using uh, in our mattresses, uh, specifically flame retardants. And um, she uh, uh, was instrumental in getting them banned because she found that they were uh, carcinogens and that our, our furniture, anything, foam, um, your couches, your chairs, your beds, was being doused in it, and the reason was is that uh, cigarette smoking was becoming uh, quite common, and people were dying in their beds because they were smoking in their bed. And the cigar- and uh, President Nixon told the cigarette companies to uh, create a safer cigarette. Instead of doing that, they created a chemical that now makes uh, chemical companies billions of dollars, and they spray it on our furniture and our bedding. Fortunately, uh, she found this out, and then they came uh, during that time. This actually, it's actually really quite interesting. President Nixon started the EPA uh, because of this, and uh, they came out with another chemical that unfortunately is also um, uh, a carcinogen, and that's still used today. So many of the furniture ma- manufacturers, the higher-end ones, um, and even the lesser, like uh, IKEA has made a commitment to no longer use them, so you can look, and, uh, but they have ways they have to get around it. Um, the mattresses, so uh, they put wool on top now because wool will smolder a flame. They have to, any mattress that's sold in the United States has to go through uh, testing in order to not use, um, it, well, just to be certified as a mattress, but also specifically if they don't want to use flame retardants, um, they get tested. And many of them will put wool on the top because it smolders, and then that'll, that'll keep it. But um, it's the foam. Anything with foam you want to avoid because that is definitely uh, sprayed with flame retardants. 
Mm. And and you don't smell them. That's the thing. Is that so? You bring it home, and and and, and a lot of this, um, Ellen, is so innocent because you, you you have no way of knowing, and 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 it just sickens you after you read this information. That I, I mean, I've been sitting on my couch this entire time inhaling all this stuff, and I don't even know it. Or your office furniture, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. Office furniture is a big one. Well, you, you know, your book is just filled with information. I mean, I think it's a, a great resource for people to become educated on, on water in our, all of these kinds of products. Like I said, from your food, water, and cleansers to the furniture you're sitting on to cell phones, which is a whole other half hour we could spend talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is there any last words you'd like to just say to our listeners on, on what they, they might do personally or even out there in the world to um, make a change? Sure, sure. Well, I, I, I hope that they will get the book. And I and even if not, just to, to make yourself aware of this, um, one of the things that's heartbreaking is what's happening in Florida right now with the red tides. And um, how, did, how does that relate? You know, that's our food. You know, it, that all caused from the, the pesticides that we eat as well. And it's being poured into the ocean and it's killing our sea creatures now and their environment down there. So this is all tied together. You know, our health and, our, and the Earth's health are intertwined. And um, I think, you know, it, it, that if we improve our health, we will improve our, our environment's health. And, uh, and it's good, you know. It's, it, it's needed. And, that, um, and thank you. Thank you. Uh, Christine, where can people buy your book and how can they reach you? Uh, the book is on Amazon.com, and you can also reach me at ChristineDemick.com. That's my website. It's ChristineDemick.com. You can find where I'm speaking and uh, all sorts of information and excerpts from the book as well. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Christine. Thank you. We've been speaking with Christine Demick, founder and CEO of The Good Home Company and author of Detox Your Home. Thank you for listening to Health Watch today. You can listen to this episode and more episodes of Health Watch online at kboo.fm/healthwatch. Tune in on Thursday, August 31st at 8 p.m. to celebrate the queer programmers and the queer community of KBOO as part of our 50th anniversary. Emma Lugo of Transpositive will host this special on-air program. You can join us that night at the Queer Community Open House here at KBOO at 20 Southeast Avenue from 7 to 10 p.m. on August 31st. More information about the Queer Community Open House and anniversary programming is available at kboo.fm. following program is from NET, the National Educational Television Network. Debate. James Baldwin versus William Buckley. Subject. Has the American dream been achieved at the expense of the American Negro? This debate was held recently at the Cambridge Union, Cambridge University, England, and was recorded for use by NET. Well, here we are in the debating hall of the Cambridge Union. Hundreds of undergraduates and myself 
waiting for what could prove one of the most exciting debates in the whole 150 years of the Union history. It really, I don't think I've ever seen the Union so well attended. There are undergraduates everywhere. They're on the benches, they're on the floor, they're in the galleries, and there are a lot more outside uh, clamoring to get in. Well, the motion that has drawn this huge crowd uh, tonight is this, that the American dream has been achieved at the expense of the American Negro. The debate will open with two undergraduate speakers, one from each side, and then we shall have the first distinguished guest, Mr. James Baldwin, the well-known uh, American novelist who's achieved a worldwide fame uh, with his novel, uh, Another